0: Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katsian. Samson. Samson! 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 Samson Samson Samson? Samson. Samson. By the time we get to Judges 14 and 15 and 16, his name is starting to get well-known. He's one of those people where you just say his name once and everybody, oh yeah, Samson, I know him. And you either love him or you hate him. His fame is starting to spread throughout the country. And the thing about Samson, time and time again, is... People are going to be talking about, wow, did you hear what he did? Did you hear about his exploits? Did you hear about his feats of strength? And then others are like, ugh, did you hear about his exploits? Did you hear about his feats of strength? The Philistines hated him. The Israelites were probably starting to love the guy. Yes, Samson! In this part of the Samson story, we start to hear just little tidbits of these stories that were coming out about what Samson did! Well, one of the first stories is... It says in the beginning of chapter 15, After some time, Samson comes back to collect his bride! And we don't know how long this occurred after the wedding, but we do know this occurred in the month of May, around Wheat Harvest, where the Philistines were collecting their grain. Well, here comes Samson back down to get his wife, and he's, you know what? If I'm going to bring my wife, I left in a bit of a rage. I killed 30 Philistines, 30 of her countrymen, so she's probably a little upset. So, dude, I better bring a gift. So he brings a goat, you know? What else says, hey, I love you, babe, but a goat? Well, here he comes with his goat, and I can imagine he starts walking up to the house there in Timna, and the father-in-law looks through the window, and he's like, Ugh. Oh, no, it's Samson! Samson! And he's starting to hear the stories of what Samson's doing. And Samson comes to the door and knock, 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 knock the father-in-law opens the door yes yes and samson's like hey dude me samson i've got a goat i'm here to collect my beautiful bride we're gonna go do you know husband and wifey things we're gonna hang out together and the father-in-law opens the door and standing next to him is his daughter samson's wife's younger sister and she's beautiful she's, she's prettier than samson's wife and the father-in-law's knees are shaking because he is scared to death of Samson because he's starting to hear these stories and the, the strength that he has. And, and the, I'm sure the father-in-law is probably scratching his head. Where does this guy get his strength? Because th- that, that's the thing. I don't think Samson was this huge, muscular dude with muscles popping out everywhere. I think Samson was just this long-haired, skinny freak People are like, I don't know where he gets his muscles from, but look at that hair. Where does he do his feats of strength? I have no clue, because when you look at him, look. I mean, he's, he's, he's like a bean pole. He could have been that skinny, or maybe he was fat and overweight and lumpy. And they're like, what in the world? That's Samson? But the one thing you could spot him by was his long hair, and... The other thing you could spot him by is by the stories, and Samson's father-in-law knew those stories, and so he's a little afraid, and because he knows the bad news he has to tell Samson. Samson's here to collect his wife, but the father-in-law takes a big gulp. Hey, Samson, Samson, listen, uh, when, when you left in a rage and we're all angry, I i thought you didn't want her as a bride anymore so i gave her away to one of your companions and samson's jaw drops open and he starts to get angry and his brow starts to furrow and his hair starts to curl and he starts to grab that goat in his hands a little harder and the goat's like bah! and he's just angry and furious and, and the father in law says, Yeah, I I I gave her to your best man and, and here, here here take and he shoves his daughter in front of to take her instead. Isn't she prettier than the one you wanted anyway? Samson is furious. I can imagine he looks down at the goat, shoves it into the chest of his ex-father-in-law. Take the goat, dude. And he walks over to the door and he slams the shot in the face of the father-in-law and he walks out of the house. And Samson... He's a little crushed that he lost his wife. He really did like her. Remember, she was right in his eyes. She was a babe, dude. And his sister's not bad. But still, this, and then a wry smile comes on his face. This now gives me a reason to get my revenge. And he starts rubbing his hands together. Samson's thinking now, nobody will complain when I exact my revenge against the Philistines. See, a lot of these exploits that Samson does is based on two things his lust and retaliation, his lust. In revenge, those are the two basic things. His base motivations for doing all this is lust, just for me and myself. Yes, to satisfy my own lust, and then revenge. How dare they? And here he's got revenge. His father-in-law gave away his bride. That's my, that's my pride. You know, I've got a right to revenge, and people can understand that. And so. Samson thinks of the most bizarre plot ever. I don't know how long it took him, but I would say this would take months. But maybe with Samson's strength, he was also really fast. I don't know. And maybe he collected a whole bunch of people around him, but it says he caught 300 foxes. Now let that stick in your head. Three hundred foxes. Now, some people think the Hebrew word there for foxes could be jackals, and jackals run in packs, and are much more prevalent in that area than foxes. Well, if he caught 300 jackals, can you imagine? These are fast animals, and Samson has to run them down and tackle it. All right, I got one. Boom, punches it on the nose, knocks it out, brings it back to his cage and puts in the jackal and locks it and the jackal wakes up and or or if it is a fox he has this little cage again boom punches it knocks it out puts it in a cage that's one And then Samson goes and maybe he gets 10 jackals because they're running in a pack. Boom, 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 knocks them all out, drags them all by the tail, puts them in a massive cage or 10 little cages or, or maybe he keeps them all in his barn. I don't know, but can you imagine collecting 300 foxes or jackals and maybe a team of men helped him? I don't know. But can you imagine, eventually, when you have 300 foxes, and I heard they, they sort of... Meow, 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 meow. They sort of sound like deep-throated cats. And they're not going to be happy in these cages. Or, or maybe jackals. Because to me, they sort of sound like hyenas. You know, and he's got 300 of them in his barn. Can you imagine the noise that would make? And what in the world is Samson planning with 300 jackals slash foxes? Well, one day Samson, I can imagine, walks into the barn... And he grabs one of the jackals by the neck and wrestles it to the ground. And then he grabs the other jackal by the neck while holding his foot on the neck of the other jackal and throws that to the ground and puts his foot on that. And then he reaches back and he grabs the tail, or or maybe his face in their rumps, and he grabs the tail and it says he ties the tails of these foxes together. It doesn't say how, but I can imagine with a piece of rope... I don't know how he tied them together, but he ties their tails together and then he takes a stick with oil at the end and puts it in the middle of this rope between the tails. That stick with the oil at the end, it's a torch. And what do you do with a torch? You light it. And that torch is going to burn. And can you imagine when those two jackals or foxes Number one, they're upset that their tails are tied together, and I can imagine Samson lets them up with this stick dragging between them and with oil in the end, and one jackal wants to go the other way, the other jackal wants to go the other, and, oh, wow, oh, my, they can't, and then maybe they attack each other. They're mad. Or if they're foxes, they're like, they're so upset that they're mad, and they go, what is the stick between them? Well, he does this 150 times because that's half of 300, right? And he's got 150 pairs of these animals with a torch in between them. And then, this is his brilliant master plan. He brings them down to the area of the Philistines. And I can imagine, takes out his Bic lighter, or his matches, and lights the torch lights the torch between one of the foxes slash jackals. And when they see that, ah, they just start running and they want to get away. And he releases them and releases the first pair. And he releases the second pair and he releases the third pair. And he releases them into the grain and the fields of the Philistines. And they start running with this tail on fire between them. And it says that it sets fire to the standing grain, the grain that's still in the ground, and then the grain they had collected in big stacks of wheat and all that, they go up in flames because the fields catch fire as these animals go out. I can imagine one pulls away and eventually the rope burns off, but still one of them's dragging this torch behind him with flames, and it says it gets so bad it even gets into the olive orchards, a major produce, of the people of the Philistines and it burns it all up and Samson's like yes dude I've got my revenge now it doesn't say this was of the Lord but it did say earlier right that Samson marrying that Philistine woman God allowed it because he was going to use Samson as a thorn in the side of the Philistines. And I think here, Samson is doing this for wrong motives, his own revenge, but God is using it to stick it in the eye of the Philistines because when the Philistines hear of it, what? Number one, that is a brilliant plan, Samson. How am I gonna get fire around hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres Man, I would never have thought of that. But well done, Samson. Tie it to the tail of an animal. But what are you thinking, Samson? I can't believe it. And how did this happen? And why did this happen? He did it because the man in Timnah gave his wife away. And so they go down to the family of Timnah. And they said, all right, Samson, you burnt our fields down in revenge. Well, we are going to get revenge upon you. And he, the Philistines... Burnt down the house of Samson's father-in-law, his wife, her sister. With them inside, totally destroyed that whole family. You're going to use flames to destroy our crops? Well, we're going to use flames to destroy people that matter to you, Samson. And it says Samson is enraged. And it says he is furious and he is angry. And it says in retaliation to their retaliation, in revenge to their revenge, what does Samson do? He goes down and it says he struck the Philistines hip and thigh with a great blow. And what that basically means, I think it's a cool phrase, he struck them hip and thigh. What that means is, he hurt them bad. He gave them the beating of their life. Him, by himself, in a great rage, goes down and he says, I am going to destroy you. And he just starts putting the hurt on the Philistines. This was a violent beat down. and The Philistines... They weren't defeated, but man, they were awfully hurt. And when Samson is done, he can't go home because people will go and burn his family down. Instead, the only thing Samson can do is go to the Bat Cave. That's what I call it. It says he goes to hide in the cleft of the Rock of Etan. He basically goes to hide in a cave where only he knows. Nobody knows where this cave is. I like to think of it as his bat cave where he plans. You know, he's a great superhero, and this is his superhero lair where he plans his next great adventure against the Philistines. Well, the Philistines... They're looking for him. They can't find him. And so in retaliation to Samson's beatdown, they come up and encamp against the tribe of Judah. And they start oppressing the tribe of Judah where all their land is and where they're mainly oppressing the Israelites is in that geographical area. They start hurting the men and women of Judah. And so 3,000 men of Judah, they're upset about this. And they go to the Philistines, why are you doing this? And the Philistines say, we're doing this because Samson is hurting us. And if you bring him to us, guess what? We're going to stop oppressing you. And so 3,000 men of Judah fan out. And they're going to find Samson. And they knock on every... House, you know, every outhouse, every hen house, every, you know, wherever it happens to be, they they talk to the chickens, they talk to the hens, they talk to the, they talk to people, and they say, where is Samson? And eventually they find his bat lair. And they go into Samson. Three thousand men. Can you imagine crawling into his cave? And they surround Samson, and they say, listen, I'm sorry, Samson, but you have got to stop this. We've got to take you to the Philistines. They're oppressing us. The only way to stop it is if we deliver you to them. And Samson's like, all right, all right, I'll I'll do it, I'll do it. And so he says, the only thing I'll say is this. Promise me that you won't attack me. You can bind me up, but promise me you won't attack me. Because Samson does not want to kill his own people. He wants to kill Philistines, but not his own people. And so they agree. And it says they take two new ropes and they bind his arms and they bind his feet. And I can imagine they bring him back to the Philistines. And it says when the Philistine army saw Samson bound up, they came out shouting, yes, 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 Samson, 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 yes, 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 yes. And I can imagine they all surround him as Samson is on the ground bound with ropes. He's finally theirs, and they're about to destroy him hip and thigh when it says the spirit of the Lord came upon samson the spirit of the lord remember where does samson get his strength it's not his long hair it's not samson's own muscular ability no it's yahweh working through him and using him and it says the spirit of the lord came upon him and those ropes were like thin wheat little flax. It says flaming flax. It was like the the ropes just melted away. They were on fire. They were like nothing, because Samson just removes his hands. The ropes fall off. He separates his legs. The ropes fall off. He jumps up, and he's like, I am about to destroy the Philistine army, but I got nothing in my hands. What am I going to fight with? And he looks down, And what happens to be between his feet? The jawbone of a donkey. Now, how do you fight people with the jawbone of a donkey? I don't know, but it says Samson picks up the jawbone of a donkey, and I can imagine there's the jawbone part with the teeth, then there's the other part that goes up to the ear, and I can imagine if you grab that part, you got the long part sticking out, and it sort of looks like the handle of a gun, and then you got the long part with the teeth, and I can imagine he picks it up that way. What a bizarre thing to use to fight. But this is what God provides. And Samson starts to go hip and thigh on the Philistines. And it's like jujitsu moves like a whirlwind. And on that day, he destroys a thousand of the Philistines. A thousand of the Philistines. Samson is furious. He's destroying them and destroys a thousand. And it says a poem starts to go out about Samson, how he took the jawbone of a donkey and he destroyed them heap upon heap. The Hebrew word there for heap and the Hebrew word there for donkey are very similar, and it was sort of like this rhyming scheme. Again, Samson's got some poetry skills here, but he's got this thing going, and I can imagine the story started to spread far and wide, and people started to write it on birthday cards, and posters with Samson's face start appearing, and everything starts to spread out. Wow, Samson, jawbone of a donkey, and he starts to kill a thousand of the Philistines, and when they were De he just heap them in groups of 10 or 20 heap upon heap. yes, we can fight back against the Philistines. yes, we can do it so exploit number 1. Samson destroys the fields with flaming torches between the tails of animals. Exploit number two, Samson takes out a thousand of the Philistines with just the jawbone of a donkey. And then exploit number three is at the beginning of Judges 16. Samson, he's back to his evil ways. He's down in a city called Gaza, which is in Judah. But he's hanging out with people he should not hang out with. It says he's hanging out with a woman of of ill repute, a Philistine woman, who again, he finds right in his eyes, who he thinks is beautiful. And he spends the night with her. And he shouldn't be hanging out with this woman. And he shouldn't be spending the night with her. He shouldn't be there at all. But again, he's driven by his lust, his own desires. And maybe his fame's starting to spread so that even the Philistine women are like, Ooh, Samson, oh, well, he's it's pretty skinny dude, but look at that hair. I don't know, but he's with a woman he shouldn't be with. And the Philistines find out. And it says they encamp around the city of Gaza, around the gates of the city. And they stay there all night, ready When dawn breaks to raid in and take Samson. But here's the exploit. Samson knows they're out there. And it says in the middle of the night, while they're sleeping, while they're camped outside the city gates of Gaza, ready to go in, it says that Samson... lifts up the gates of the city of Gaza now the gates back then they would have one big pillar on one side, one big pillar on the other and some people think they had gates in the middle that would have been locked and either made out of stone or huge amounts of iron and cedar and it says that Samson in the middle of the night lifted up the gates bar and all, those big posts, he picks those up too How did he do this? I don't know. I think what he did is, right, they're locked. He grabs in the middle, and he just lifts these gates up. He's doing it in the strength of the Lord. The skinny dude grabbing all that gates, and up come the pillars, and up comes the gate. And then he flips around, and he puts it on his back. This massive gate probably would have been 60 feet high. How does a six-foot man at best... Probably more five foot ten. How do you balance? How do you care? I don't know. But it says he puts them on his shoulders. And it says he carries them all the way to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. Now get this. The city of Hebron is 40 miles from where Gaza is. 40 miles. He carries this massive gate 40 miles and he carries it to a spot where all Israel would see it. And he Boom! Drops the gates on top of this hill outside Hebron. And Hebron sort of elevated, and everybody would see it, and the story would start to go out, and the men of Gaza and the Philistines who were there to ambush him, they were all like, What? I can't believe what just happened. And they would be amazed, and Samson's fame would start to spread, and the men of and the Philistine army would start to fear. God is using Samson despite himself to do great things for him. But remember, I said, right? Samson's strength comes from Yahweh. Well, remember, he killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Well, what I didn't tell you was there's a story after that that brings all these exploits into clear focus. Because after that battle, Samson goes back to his bat cave, and he's probably excited. He's like, yes, I destroyed the Philistines, a thousand of them, just with the jawbone of a donkey. I'm tough, I'm cool. Maybe he'd already done the gate thing by then. We don't know where it chronologically fits, really. But his fame is starting to spread, and he's sitting in the bat cave, and he's like, yes. I'm something I can imagine he's thinking when all of a sudden he starts to get dizzy. And he leans against the wall and maybe claps to the ground and he is starting to get so thirsty. He has exerted so much energy. He needs a drink. Please give me some water. And he realized if I don't have water. I'm going to die. He could kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. But yet this little thing called water could kill him. A thousand men couldn't touch him. But he could be taken out by a little thing called thirst. And here we see one of the few times Samson actually calls out in prayer. And he calls out to God. And I think God is using this to remind Samson, your strength comes from me. You think you're doing these things in your own strength? No, your strength comes from me. And, and Samson cries out, will you let little thing like thirst destroy me? I'll be a mockery amongst the Philistines. Please, Lord, please, Yahweh, help me, save me. And I can imagine he's standing up and leaning against the wall. And he looks over at this ledge in his cave, this flat area. And he sees a miracle. Because it says that God hollows out. And the word hollow is basically a basin. He creates a, a hollow in the rock. And I can imagine it's this flat area that all of a sudden Samson looks over. And magically this hollow bowl thing appears. And in the middle of it. Bubbling water. And Samson's like, yes! And he sticks his face in there. And and he starts to drink. And oh, this is great. And then water starts gushing out and going over the sides. And he grabs it and he throws it on his face and into his hair. And yes! And he drinks it again and again. And he's thinking, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yahweh, for saving me. In that little story in the middle of all of Samson's exploits, would remind Samson, your strength comes from me. You're nothing without me. And I think we can get caught up in the same thing, right? We think, hey, it's our ability, our talents. If I hone my athletic ability, if I work hard, it's all about me, me, me. If I can sing and have a beautiful song talent or play an instrument, if I can speak, or I'm a great actor, or I'm really good at band, or I'm really smart, and I read a lot, and I'm really good, and all these talents come from me, and I work hard at them, and... No. It says, all good gifts come from above. God is the one who gives us our gifts, and if you give your gift back to God and say, I'm going to use it in service of the Lord... He's going to do great things with you and through you. But sadly, with Samson, he had this great gift. He had humongous, amazing strength. And he had creative, military ability. I mean, who would think of tying tails of foxes together? I mean, that's genius. That instead of using it and giving God the glory, he uses it to get revenge. He tears up gates because he's in a place he shouldn't be in the first place, fulfilling his own lusts. But I'm also thankful for God who uses Samson despite his brokenness. But again, can you imagine what God could have done with Samson if he just obeyed and used his gifts for the glory of God? I pray let's not be like Samson. Instead, let's take the gifts God gives us and use it for him in an obedient love for what God has given us because we want to be used by him in mighty ways. At the end of the day, we want to live in such a way and use our gifts in such a way that we give all the glory to him.